Welcome to the Bigfoot Society podcast. We've got a great episode for you this week. It's all about Alex Petikoff and how he travels the U.S. looking for cryptids and legends. Primarily, he's in New England right now, but he's joining up with the Chasing Legends crew and Nash Hoover, and they, as you'll find out, are going across the U.S., and they're looking for some cool stuff. Also, Alex has some really cool news about a project that he is going to be involved with coming up soon. So you're not going to want to miss this episode because I'm breaking some news that, I mean, as you'll see in the video version on YouTube, I react pretty crazy. Sorry for blowing out your eardrums when you hear it. (laughs) As always, before we get started, uh, if this is the first time you've ever run into Bigfoot Society. Please check us out over on Instagram and at Bigfoot Society. Uh, you can there find links to all of our other stuff too. Um, but we have a great community over on Instagram. Share lots of great stuff. You'll love it over there. Uh, we also have a uh, Facebook page, and also we're starting a Facebook group out. So you'll want to check that out. That's going to be the uh, next big way to connect to other fans of Bigfoot Society. But for now, the number one place you want to check out is at Bigfoot Society on Instagram. Also, if you're wanting some extra content and you want to support Bigfoot Society as well, we have some a lot of really cool stuff that happens uh, that we put out every month. Everything from uh, Bigfoot Society's screening room where we have commentary on, right now it's on the trail of UFOs. And also we do the Squatchable podcast, uh, which is released two times a month where I talk about uh, things that I think are cool in the Bigfoot community, news, stuff like that. And we're going to have Squatch Notes where I read a book every month and then I do my uh, thoughts on it. And there's also an audio uh, version of that that'll be uh, released as well. It's kind of like your Cliff Notes that you had in school, right? If this all sounds really cool and uh, you want to support us as well, go ahead and go over to our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash or backslash whatever, Bigfoot Society. The link will be in the show notes. And uh, we'll see you there. Just a few dollars a month and a whole lot of extra content coming your way. Anyways, let's get into the interview. I had a really good time chatting with Alex Petikoff uh, as I used to be a New England uh, Western Mass boy, and he is in uh, Southern New Hampshire. So we had a lot of good time talking about stuff like that, but he has some crazy stories, and you're going to love it. So anyways, let's get into it. Thanks again for checking out the Bigfoot Society podcast. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, it makes a difference. All right, here comes the interview with Alex Petikoff. All right, thanks for coming back. This is uh, Jeremiah with the Bigfoot Society Podcast, and we have the privilege of having uh, Alex Petikoff from Petikoff Media with us. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. And I mean, this is as real as it gets because you are directly back from the woods tonight, That's true. right? Like, I was just awesome. out there, yeah. I was just out in this area that had some strange activity in the past, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Very cool. Very cool. Do you mind uh, starting out by making, uh, maybe doing a quick synopsis of uh, uh, who it is you are and and what it is that you do? Sure. My name is Alex Petikov. I am a 
documentary filmmaker, sort of a cryptid researcher. And I say researcher in the sense that I sort of research the subject of cryptozoology. So I'm not necessarily trying to find DNA evidence to prove something is real or not. I'm just, I like all aspects of it. And that includes getting into individual subjects, whether it's through documentaries or writing about it or, or just doing research in general. Um, so yeah, basically that's basically it. I'm a filmmaker adventurer. I love the outdoors. I am a big hiker as well. Um, mm-hmm. so I've just always had the, I always had a good time out in the woods and I think cryptozoology looking for Bigfoot, that sort of stuff, it goes hand in hand with just being out and enjoying nature. That's awesome. That is very cool. Um, you've done a, uh, a few really cool docu. Uh, I'm sure you've done many cool documentaries, but the ones I'm familiar with are, uh, uh, your champ documentary it's very cool uh if you want to hear more about that definitely listen to the cryptic campfire uh, episode that you were on um if you don't listen to those guys you should that was a great episode and um, you've got an awesome uh documentary about uh mountain lions in the northeast correct yeah that's my yeah. latest documentary feature documentary about uh, mountain lions and mystery big cats in the new england area uh, just sort of released right as the whole COVID thing started in mm-hmm. March. So it was unfortunate timing because the premiere got canceled and like four screenings I had planned for the spring were canceled as well. So oh, we're hoping to actually man. have an actual premiere <laughs> oh. point during the summer and then yeah. go from there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it, it, it's in, so <laughs> we were, we were checking it out uh, a bit ago and I want to make sure if people are going to watch this, the trailer, the documentary, it gets there. It's graphic in there. There's a warning at the beginning where it's like, Hey, there are going to be images. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. And no, it, it gets a little graphic. And I look over and my four-year-old is like, Oh, Dada. And I was like, no, <laughs> oh, so boy. no, but Hey, you did your due diligence and uh, the warning is there. So if that doesn't make you go check it out, you need to go check it out guys. It's, yeah. And it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. too scary. It's just uh, no, no, it's it's nature. Not. It's basically, it's, if you've seen a bad is. nature documentary, you know, a lion ripping yeah. apart a zebra, it's nothing worse than that. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so let's see, you, your history, you have kind of been in different parts of the world. Is that correct? I uh, grew yeah. up in other country. and Yeah, so I was actually born in South Africa. That's where my parents mm. went to in the 90s when their home country of Yugoslavia, mm. Southeast Europe, started falling apart dur- during a civil war there that lasted a while. So they kind of went to South Africa for a little bit. South Africa was as well transitioning politically from apartheid to sort of a more democratic system, even though it's it's still uh, a bit shaky to this day. And uh, I was born there. Uh, we didn't stay very long. I was very young when we left. We came to the United States. South Africa just became very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They were talking about it possibly being a war there too. So that's the last yeah. thing they needed after just escaping another war. Uh, oh, I so know. Yeah. Beautiful country. I've only been back once. Um, I wish to go back again someday, hopefully, if it calms down a bit but uh yeah so that's my history i kind of came over the u.s i've been in the u.s since then sort of grew up always kind of traveling around and really interested in exploring different cultures and different areas of the world and i think cryptozoology has always kind of fit into that a little bit because every Mm -hmm. corner of the world or anywhere i go Mm -hmm. i'm always looking for those local legends it's there it's there yeah oh man that's universal humans all have stories of strange creatures or legends mm-hmm. mythology i mean since people have been living in unorganized societies even you know cave oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff yeah. they seek out the unknown 
Definitely. Around tell the stories around the campfire. It's so great, right? Uh, you so your base currently is in New England. Yeah. So correct? I'm. Yep. Yeah, New Hampshire, um, okay. sort of Boston area. That's you know most people think New Hampshire. Oh, you're up and up on a mountain. I am often up on a mountain, but I am closer to the Boston area, and that's sort of uh, New England small, so you can get around pretty quickly. So I say kind of New England based because I'm often moving around different parts of New England. Yeah. Um. The the pictures you're putting up on Instagram. I mean, you're not kidding when you're saying you're you're climbing mountains. This is crazy stuff, like stuff where it's like if you take a wrong step, you are you're falling off into oblivion. Like, I mean, you do some some wild stuff. And it, does it look like you do drone work as well? Is that true? Yeah. So I do, you know, kind of just my own photography on the side. I've always been interested in that and going to these natural beautiful locations lends itself perfectly to always having a camera or something on me. And whether it's totally. trying to do some night photography or a drone, a couple of the mountains I recently hiked, I just, it, the good conditions. We didn't have much wind. Usually there's a lot of wind. We have pretty bad weather up in the white mountains and a lot of the mountains here. So mm-hmm. you can oftentimes get winds that'll blow you right off. So a drone would, Oh happen. yeah. A couple totally, times, man. you know, you get you get lucky yep. and then you see a lot of wildlife, that sort of stuff. And one of the hikes I just did, actually, I just posted about it. It's called The Watcher. And it's right actually near mm. in Franconia Notch, which is yep. a beautiful little kind of uh, highway goes right through the area where Betty and Barney Hill abduction happened, actually. In oh, that. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Part of their encounter was in that notch. And it was something called The Watcher. And it's this cliff face that if you look at it from a certain angle, it has like a face. And it's actually directly across the highway from the old man of the mountain, old man which on the mountain. Sure it's famous for. Yep. Unfortunately, he passed fell away, off. fell yeah, off exactly. the rock in like yep. 2003. Yep. So this is, they call her the, the, the old woman of the mountain, the old okay. widow of the mountain or the watcher. Cool. But uh, it was some of the gnarliest terrain getting up there. We had pretty much, you know, almost a vertical at one point, uh, rock slides. Uh, there was a way around it. We didn't see, and we went straight up and I'm like, this is if if this was any steeper, we would have needed rock climbing gear, basically. Oh no, you you were totally it, you were almost there. Like you might have seen that on Instagram <laughs> that I posted. Yeah, that, but it was wild. Oh, man. Um, so plot twist. I don't know if I've ever told you. I actually grew up in New England. So yeah, I think you I did grew mention up it a little in, bit. Yeah. Um, a little town called uh, Northfield, Massachusetts, which is you know right where Vermont, New Hampshire, and Mass meet yeah. in that area. And, yeah, uh, that's that's the kind area. of the the Berkshires and stuff is out there, yep. and you're not too far from Keene. I can imagine Keene. <laughs> Keene, yeah, Keene is where you go to to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little. It's well, it's a it's a big college town in the middle yeah. of mountains. Nothing around it. Famous for the pumpkin uh, festival and the riots that that is there. true, and the filming of Jumanji starring Robin. <laughs> that Williams. is very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can still see the pair of shoes. Uh, up on the wall, the mural that they had painted, but so um, awesome. I love the, the, the Madame Cherie forest is real close there as well. And there's these kind of ruins there and you can climb mm-hmm. up on these cliffs that have a great view of the Connecticut river and you can see Brattleboro, Vermont, right from that cliff. And that's, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I went Pisgah, to school in Brattleboro. Yeah. yeah Pisgah yep. forest or Pisgah, something like yep. that. Yes. Yep. yep. Beautiful area. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so you said, is it Southern New Hampshire that you're, you're based out of? 
Yes. Yeah. Southern New Hampshire. So where most people in New Hampshire live, New Hampshire is kind of funny because it's sort of the same shape as Vermont, just flipped the other way. We kind of joke around. We're very similar in that way, but we have twice the population. We're about a million, 1.3 million. So most of Southern New Hampshire is people who work in the Boston area, Northern Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot more in Southern New Hampshire. And then you have middle New Hampshire, which is kind of the lakes region. And then a little bit of the the white mountain region. And then you have Coaz County, the Northern part, which is most of the white mountains. And then the great North woods, which is, by far the least populated area of the state and that's where all the that's my hiking favorite and, up there yeah yeah that's that's the area yeah. that is just filled with moose mm. i mean there's some areas that have more moose than people shout out to colebrook new hampshire if you yeah, haven't been to colebrook <laughs> i was just there last well, week actually were. yeah oh my goodness they have the uh the place where you can get your uh your motorcycle uh blessed at the shrine oh really i didn't know yeah, that it's a big deal uh, but no, I mean, I remember going up there as a uh, a young kid on family vacations and we would literally uh, be driving at dusk and we saw 12, 13 moose in an hour. No Crazy. big deal. And yeah. there'd be things where I remember my dad's driving down the road. This moose comes out of nowhere, comes right towards us. And it's like he had to throw it in reverse because so many people die a year with the moose going over the top of the car and get squishing the people crazy and then you hit one of those it's just not not we saw nine between two days and we were we were up near pittsburgh uh so we were supposed to have a wedding actually pre-corona days we were supposed to have a wedding that week so we decided to still use that time and they had just opened up airbnbs and that sort of stuff for new hampshire residents so we're like you know let's just go up north for a little bit and hung out for a couple days and drove on the famous moose alley which goes Mm -hmm. from Pittsburgh to the Canadian border. And that's yeah, like the yeah, largest yeah. concentration of moose in that area. And uh, we drove some of the gnarly uh, logging back roads that go into Maine. Oh, wow. Really? I got like a nail in my tire. I recently, I just had to get that fixed. <laughs> Ooh, buddy, you're taking but, your life in your hands, man. Don yeah. Fendler style. I oh, love those areas yeah. though. Driving that kind yep. of stuff in Maine and New Hampshire is, is just so cool because yeah. there's nobody around you for, for such mm-hmm. a long time and you get to see some, if you don't have a four-wheel drive or a truck, you pretty much can't get to some of these spots you're, either. You're, as my uh, as my kids say, you're Dunzo Lorenzo. I have no <laughs> idea how he came up with that, but he's hilarious. That's great. Um, <laughs> so you've got a really cool um, opportunity because when I was out there, I wasn't really into like the Bigfoot stuff and cryptid stuff a lot. It kind of clicked when I was, so I moved out to central Iowa, right? That's where I am now. But you're like, you're out in the middle of some crazy stuff. Cause I remember, well, so I grew up at a summer camp and we did a lot of hiking. So I've done a lot of hiking with my dad on the Appalachian trail, you know, Connecticut, Massachusetts. And there's times when you're in the middle of those forests and you can feel something watching you. And at the time, the worst I could think of was the mountain lion. <laughs> could have been, but it could have been something else. You know, I wasn't thinking, uh, could it be Bigfoot. You don't know what's out in those woods. Like it gets deep and dark. And I don't know if you've been in the area. Um, so Franklin County, Massachusetts, where I'm from, there's some places you can go like Warwick, Warwick Massachusetts, or like uh, the Satan's Kingdom part. Oh yeah, right. Uh, River, Vermont. It gets wild and wild, and like you go like far western Massachusetts, out in the Berkshires. Man, it's wild country. God, check those out. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, let me know if you get a text. So, <laughs> I almost, I almost said something. Um, 
But so I'm doing a thing where I'm doing commentary on um, on the trail of UFOs. I didn't know you were in it, and awesome. you come out of nowhere, and <laughs> I didn't know this this side. Do you do you mind uh, sharing the story? Um, where I didn't know you guys had like the sightings of, you know, that, uh, that UFO, like I would yeah. love to hear that story, uh, directly from you. That's really cool. It's down Absolutely. Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. It was, it was like central Western Pennsylvania is the best way okay. I could describe it. A place near a place called Dubois. Mm. Um, man, it was, I know I was never really that into, uh, the, the UFO stuff, really. I'd always kind of have been interested in peripherally. I was much more on the crypto side of things, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Champ. Um, so there was an I have a couple of really good friends here in the New England area who are colleagues of mine as well. They do paranormal research. Paul and Ben Eno, they have a radio show out of Rhode Island called Behind the Paranormal. And they've been like oh, a cool. father-son father duo. They've been investigating this stuff for, for decades. I mean, Paul trained with, or I guess kind of worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren back in the day. And mm has been in it since like the sixties and seventies. I mean, the guy's an old timer. He's really been his stuff and his son's worked with him and they have had this show and they have a pretty big following. And so one of their readers contacted them about an area they were researching in Connecticut, which was like one of these kind of flap areas as they call them, where there seemed yeah, to be totally. high yep. strangeness, yep. creatures and UFOs, strange things. One of the readers contacted somebody they knew and somehow it got down to them and they started going out to this area in Pennsylvania to investigate this mm. property where people were claiming to have tons of activity. So um, they had been for five or six years and I came on in 2018. Yeah, 2018 was the first year I actually went. So I've been twice so far. Uh, what primarily interested me was the Bigfoot stuff. So they, they said that there were yeah. people in the property who had seen Bigfoot. Oh man! And one of a, one of our group members claimed to have seen one there as well, who wasn't really into the Bigfoot stuff. So that was kind of interesting. Wow. But I went into it kind of thinking, you know, this flap area stuff. I don't really know. It doesn't really sound very scientific to me. It sounds kind of maybe I was a little more closed off to it. Um, mm -hmm. So we went into it the first year, and we interviewed three generations of a family that was having Bigfoot activity in their property. I'm like, three wow. generations. Yeah, so there That's was a, a mother, her son, and then his daughter, and they all lived wow. in this little area that was near yep. a wooded ravine. But the thing yep. is, their property was down towards the ravine in the woods. Up the hill, three or four other houses were all their other relatives. Now, the relatives mm -hmm. at the top of the house were seeing shadow people. Um, oh. In another area, they were seeing UFOs. <laughs> and the people oh, in the area gosh. report seeing black helicopters, strange things in the sky, glowing lights, all sorts of stuff. So the first year Damn. we saw like a glowing red orb in the woods just for like a few seconds. I, I didn't really think too much of it. It was just kind of weird at the time. We sort of thought, well, you know, if we'd gotten a better look at it, we could have figured out what it was. Um, and then it wasn't until 2019. So about a year ago, exactly. We were back there late. It was end of May. Um, and we had all been split up in different parts of the property, just examining it, uh, doing kind of night investigations, hanging out. Okay. Uh, what we would do is we'd go for three or four days and then we'd have a town hall meeting and meet with mm. locals and ask them about their sightings. And that's where we'd find out a lot about the Bigfoot stuff. So like I said, that's more, I was mostly interested in the Bigfoot stuff. It was a perfect night though. We decided to all go up to the, uh, top of the house there, the property that we were staying at where they had a little kind of fire pit. We could just sit and watch the stars. You know, we were all right. watching the stars and it was after midnight at one point that, uh, there was not a single cloud in the sky, perfect star cover. There was this, what appeared to be a cloud that had like a, a illumination light in it mm -hmm. started just moving in slow motion. And at first I was like, well, oh, that cloud is in front of the moon, but we didn't see the moon until now. That'd be really weird. And it just started, 
in slow motion was moving kind of like a leaf in slow motion <laughs> and we're watching and we all start realizing and then five of us begin to watch it and a smaller more defined light literally flew out of it at high speed oh. and then right back into it and at this yeah. point we're we're freaking out we're like oh yeah totally some of these guys, we had a guy with us in the group who has interviewed dozens of people who have claimed to have had alien encounters. And he's, okay. he's um, you know, without mentioning him who he is, he works mm-hmm. for some states doing uh, stuff with veterans and uh, psychology and that oh, sort of stuff. Wow. So he, okay, yeah. he has like that professional background. So each member of the group sure. had a different sort of area that they were interested in. I was more of the camera guy and the, mm-hmm. uh, more of the Bigfoot side. But we're all watching this thing and we're just like, man, this is just amazing. We watched it for about five minutes. We saw again, another light fly out of it. And at one point, uh, one of our members, Paul there went to grab his night vision uh, binoculars that he had just gotten recently. And he began filming it. He actually filmed it for about a minute and a half, I think. And we actually got on video. And in the video, you can see this hazy object moving and there's a small circular object that stays parallel to it the entire time. And oh, you can man. see the full footage on my website. We haven't really published it much. It's, it was in on the trail of UFOs. That's what mm-hmm. um, it was in there. But it hasn't. We've had it looked at by one of the chief video and photo analysts for MUFON, and he oh, he's wow. a friend. Of, he's a friend of ours, and he's he usually shoots down ninety percent of the stuff that gets sent his way. You know, it's oh, it's a lens flare. It's something that's been mm-hmm. seen. And he genuinely could not figure out what it was. So we're wow. We're still not really sure, you know, what exactly it is, but it was kind of what we saw. And we watched this thing as it went over the horizon. It then stopped. And a few minutes later, we saw from right to left an object fly through the sky at a tremendous speed, something you wouldn't imagine. And it, it was the strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. We all recapped, and it's funny. We then, we actually had another experience the night after. And this one I don't really talk about as much anymore because it's kind of out there. I didn't talk about it at least on the, oh, I did talk about it on, on the Trail of UFOs, but I don't think that park was included. It's just a very long story. Um, but it was about 24 hours after this. We all okay. were in this garage where we were staying. Uh, that was where my gear was. Everyone was getting ready to go to bed in different areas. And mm-hmm. um, we heard this just high-pitched noise like a bee it was just it started going and then all of a sudden you know we're looking around who stepped on a piece of gear who's who activated the fire alarm i'm looking at all my yep. camera gear they're like oh is that your drone i'm like no my drone doesn't make that noise it sounds mm-hmm. like it's right above us oh, we're no. all scrambling to see what's going on and mind you there's <laughs> the, the owners of the house are sleeping in the bedroom right above the garage and there's a yep. there's a door that isn't fully closed where another mem- group member is just laying there on his phone, you know, he's like getting ready for bed. So yeah. we were listening to this noise and it all, it's almost like it moves outside. I, I don't know how to describe oh, it. Man. We go outside and it sounds like it's in the sky and you can hear it like moving around in, in a sort of pattern or at least like in different oh, spots. Two, two cell phones are recorded at this point. So we have it, the audio captured okay. and it gets to the point where it, it kind of, it's almost like it's circling over the house and it goes towards this wooded area. And then all of a sudden it just stops. It didn't fade out. It went from like beep as if someone just hit an off switch. It didn't fade out like you'd expect from wow. maybe like a, a Tibetan singing bowl, you know, it'll sort of fade out mm-hmm. eventually. That's yeah, the closest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, and so we have audio of that as well. I mean, oh, it just man. was strange. It happened right after that UFO experience, we still couldn't figure out what it was. And, and the, the day after that we had our town hall meeting and we were so mm-hmm. excited to tell all the townsfolk about it. And they, they weren't really that intrigued, I guess. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, that kind of stuff happens pretty much all the time around here. 
very it commonly. It doesn't mean that it's not weird. Like <laughs> exactly, you know, it's funny like that's the crazy thing. Oh yeah, who cares about that? You know. Yeah, they were just kind of like, yeah, we've had stuff like that happen very nonchalantly, and it, it was very interesting for wow, us, of course. That's even so, cooler. Right. So, so yeah. it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't know what it was, and I always say this. Uh, it truly fits the definition of UFO, unidentified flying object. Oh, um, man. Yeah, yeah. It could have been some secret government technology. I really don't know. I, I've never seen anything that can fly in the way it did, like a slow motion mm-hmm. having things flying off of it and back into yeah, it. Yeah, that's the, yeah, exactly. And it was like yeah. a, it was like a cloudy haze kind of thing. That's what it really reminded us at first. And, and the object that flew off of it was defined and smaller, a lot smaller. Hmm. And it okay. kind of circled under it and went right back into it. Wow. And we watched this thing and we were just blown. And we got it on video. I mean, it's not just a wild story. And we, you know, we just don't know what exactly it was. And we don't claim to say it was extraterrestrials or interdimensional travelers or, or whatever. It was just truly a UFO. Wow. That, that's awesome. Like all that add-on information to that story. That is stuff I, I had no idea about. It. Like that's, that's very yeah. cool. It's a long yeah, thank story. Thank you for but sharing that's, that. Of course, that's kind of, it just makes more sense like that. And like I said, I never was really interested in that UFO side. Mm-hmm. That kind of opened up my eyes a little bit to the UFO subject. And that's when I got, you know, involved a little bit more, not really researching, but I definitely have, have reconsidered some of my previous positions. Not that I was oh, closed sure. off yeah. to the topic at all. I just, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I was more interested, just like I'm not really into ghosts. You know, I always joke around people. I say, you know, being hanging around in a dingy right. basement in some insane asylum does not sound as fun to me as being in the woods <laughs> looking for Bigfoot. That's just yeah. me, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. To, to have a horrible segue, uh, tell me more about uh, the project you're about to embark on later this year, from what I know, it's still later this year with, uh, with, uh, the chasing legends crew. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something that's been kind of in the works recently. A lot yeah. of fun. Um, uh, Nash Hoover, who is, uh, you know, pretty similar guy to me, I guess he, he's just from the Midwest. I'm from the East mm-hmm. coast. So he's a yep. young guy, filmmaker, adventurer, loves the cryptid subject. He's had this program called chasing legends for quite a while. And they just sort of, it's exactly what it sounds like. They go and investigate different cryptid legends or strange locations and just sort of investigate it from that first person perspective. You know, what are they, what's going on to them? And so they've, uh, this past year they've been working on, season one so originally mm-hmm. he contacted me because they were going to do a show on the Pukwudgie, which is here in the bridgewater triangle yes yes you yeah so me. keep going sorry i have questions i'm supposed no to ask absolutely <laughs> that reminded me Keep going, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, he hit me up cause he's like, Oh, I know you're out there in new England. Like we're, we're planning on coming out there. Would you want to help us? I'm like, I'd be happy to. I just, I don't really know much about the puck wedgie myself as a researcher. I've done Bridgewater triangle stuff, but mostly Bigfoot. So I put them in touch with people that were um, more into that. So my friend, Paul, uh, my friend, John Horrigan, who actually narrated lines of the East, he, researched in a previous life the Bridgewater Triangle pretty intensely and was involved with a lot of the key players and Lauren Coleman and everyone. Yep. So I put him I put them in touch with people who have dealt with that subject for a while. And then they were like, well would you want to like be kind of like a guest investigator? I'm like, yeah, I'd love that. I mean it'd be a lot of fun to go back to the Bridgewater Triangle. I haven't been in a while. And then I sort of we started working together. We had this uh, really funny shoot. Uh, well it wasn't funny, it was great, but we had some funny experiences 
while there, we had this insane motel six experience. That was like, that was a bonding experience oh, right there. Yeah. That put, that put us together <laughs> as like, uh, we're going to talk about this story in 20 years. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got you. So, That's good. so they came yeah. and it was funny cause the timing was so perfect. It was the weekend or no, it was like four days before Massachusetts declared a state of emergency for, for the COVID. Oh, yeah, That's when totally. they were here. So they flew in yeah. from, from Minneapolis and they yeah. were here in Boston. Yeah. I showed them around Boston. We'd, we'd go to check into this motel six and it was like, I don't know if it was like a drug den or something, but there was like, we lost power six times. There was a snowstorm all of a sudden. <laughs> There's like people with pit bulls walking around the hallway and, and people the having hallways. loud parties and kids screaming. And, and we're like, we need to get out of here. So we, we yeah, totally. led to another hotel and we were all just like, this is some wild stuff. And it was, it was, it was comical. It's comical looking back on it, but that was a bonding experience. But aside from that, we had a fantastic shoot. We hung around the Freetown state forest. We talked to people in the area. Uh, and then okay. after, after that, we kind of said, "Hey, Nash is kind of like, hey, would you want to like maybe join as a as a researcher with us for the first season?" I'm like, I would absolutely love that, especially some of the things you're playing on investigating. Like those are, mm-hmm. I've either investigated them or I'd love to investigate them. So, oh yeah, totally. So we started a Kickstarter here um, back in the end of uh, May, and within a week, we reached 100 percent funding. It's which was- dominated. Like, so it's great. Congrats, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we, we're doing some stretch goals. We're actually going to do like a poster. So awesome. you guys are so inclined. Um, every little cent helps just make it a little bit better. So yep. we have puck wedgies yeah. done. That's that's basically, uh, I mean, it's all filmed and everything. Um, the next expedition we're hoping to do is the Mogollon Monster of Arizona, mm-hmm. which is sort of a Bigfoot kind of thing. Okay. So that's very different terrain. I need to look uh, that up. Yeah, absolutely. It's, mm. it's a very cool one up there in Northern Arizona. So it's not in the okay. deserts of Arizona. It's in the, um, the, the, what's called the Mogollon rim, which is this called rim country. And it's basically this Canyon mm. area. And in the mm. top of the Canyon, it's all pine woodland forest. Nice. So that's where a lot of elk and mountain lions and other forest okay. creatures actually live. And it's in the mountains. So it's not really like what you'd expect. You think Arizona cactuses, uh, wild west, that sort of stuff. It's very mountainous mm-hmm. actually. So they have reports of a Bigfoot like creature. So we're hoping to do that here in July. And then after that okay. champ, of course, personal favorite of mine. So that one, uh, you'd have be, to, you have to, yeah, yeah. that one will be great. Yeah. And then another oh, one will be the Rougarou. So, which is the werewolf type creature of Louisiana. Oh, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, I've been down there once in Louisiana and I've, I've actually been to the town where that festival, the Rougarou festival happens. So wow. um, we're hoping to get down there. So it's like in terms of terrain, that's, that's why like, you know, the extra funding was needed just in terms of transport and all that kind of stuff. Cause we're dealing with in March, frigid snow conditions in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. July, Arizona, you got rattlesnakes and everything that wants to kill you in the woods. Same as yeah. Louisiana. Oh, yeah. No joke. Yeah. Massive area like Lake Champlain, so it's it's we're we're trying to present very different terrain and different types of cryptids. So you're just you're not just I getting like, like yep. Bigfoot type creatures. You're getting a puckwudgie, which you know is totally unique in terms of cryptids. Uh, you're getting a lake monster, a swamp monster, and a Bigfoot type creature combined with a little bit of you know mountainous sort of terrain in the desert. So. It's uh, it's it's pretty awesome. So it's re- it's been really cool. I actually was just talking to Nash 
earlier today as of this recording we're trying to figure out for the dvd cover doing some like art and stuff like that so uh it's it's fun yeah i'm, I'm glad to be a part of it and, and they're a great crew and you know we had we just worked pretty well together on that initial shoot so we're happy to move forward um doing that so it sounds like you're very excited to answer Nash's question on how <laughs> excited you are. So we'll leave that at that. Definitely. Uh, also, um, do you do you care to comment on how many puck wedges you've seen? Cryptid Campfire is uh, trolling you hardcore. Oh, it sounds I, like because that was addressed. I've seen, in the I've seen a whole tribe. Too. Okay, and they. So, uh, hey, if you want more of that action, go listen to their episode, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no they're good guys eli they are it's, it's a good Fantastic. one that's a good one yeah definitely um one thing i i had the thought of was after i listened to that episode i went and looked at the kickstarter and i was like the amount that you're trying to to raise does not feel like it's enough so literally don't take that it's already raised and stop donating money for you know kickstarting like if you haven't yet please go because you guys have high goals. Like Absolutely. hats off to you. Like the Louisiana thing by itself, you could run into some crazy stuff down there. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, we did the puck. What do you think pretty much out of pocket? So is much of the Mogollon. Okay. And we're yeah, just yeah, sort yeah. of at the point where we're like, you know, we'd like to keep the quality going. So, you know, we're hoping if people want to get involved, what's cool about it is obviously with Kickstarter, you have the different rewards. So you kind of become part of the crew and you become part of the, um, you get put in the credits. Uh, there's also, we have mm -hmm. the kind of the, ex there's a couple executive producer roles that have been filled in. So those people will actually get to put awesome. their input in and like meet with us when we have our uh, virtual meetings and kind of maybe if they want some aspects of the mystery that are explored, they get that opportunity because they're, they're in a way they're part of the production. So it's just making it more interactive. And the way I look at it is it's cryptid content for people uh, made by people who are interested in cryptid content. We're not, you know, LA producers that just want ratings. We actually care about the subjects a lot and we're passionate. And we'd be doing this if, if, even if it weren't for this, exactly. right? yeah. we'd yeah. be getting totally. out there yep. anyway. So yep. we're just kind of putting that. And what I like for, for me of this project is it's, it's my sort of first really getting out there as an investigator more, you know, mm -hmm. putting my sort of yes. time I've spent out in the outdoors and putting that mm -hmm. to in, in terms of searching. Cause most of my work in documentaries, which, you know, I love has been, without myself in it. So I, I put myself to the side. I just focus on the subject and try and cover it from that perspective as like a historian or a documentarian. But this will be just me straight up saying what I think about a certain situation or, or what we should do, that kind of thing, and, and as well as Nash. And that's kind of been his approach. So it's definitely different for me. And, and that's why I'm, I'm on board as well, because I like kind of changing up a little bit. I always like that's having awesome. my, my uh, hand in different sort of areas, so to speak. Very cool. Um Believe it or not, we are kind of starting to get to the end already. I would love you to share about your amazing show that you have uh, Monday nights, correct, on YouTube? That's the, the day of yeah. the week usually that happens? Yes, yeah. It's pretty much every Monday night um, so far. We've had like eight or nine episodes. So it's, it's my YouTube channel, Sasquatch Out of the Shadows. And that's a YouTube channel I've had since like 2016 where I just decided to put Bigfoot interviews and interviews with witnesses and kind of short documentaries that I don't really put out in a sort of official mm -hmm. format, just kind of get them out there. And since the whole virus thing started, everyone was at home. I'm like, this would be a perfect time to start a show. I already kind of had an idea I wanted to do for, and it's, it's just interviewing people that I've always wanted to talk to or personal friends, people like Seth, uh, 
yeah. Jeff Meldrum, other folks that I just find interesting. Um, we're going to have Jonathan Wilk on uh, very soon, Cliff Barrickman. Oh, uh, very nice. Yeah. So just folks that people will hear of and people that you've never heard of. And that's what I like, just yeah. engaging conversation. So it's every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we take audience questions. So we always get some people asking fantastic and intelligent questions, which is awesome because we're Very cool. talking to these researchers and really kind of, you're not, if it's somebody you've seen on TV 20 times, this is your chance to kind of interact with them in a way. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, every week I look at the guests you get, I'm like, Pedagoff, you done it again. <laughs> I don't know how you did it, <laughs> but hats off to you. You're, you're, Thank you. You got some connections that are amazing. Um, and uh, I'd say keep going with that. You were making some yeah. quality quality content. What are, if let's say if, uh, I'd be surprised if, if people haven't heard of you before this this episode, but if, uh, how ca- can people also keep up to date with what you're doing besides sure. that? Yeah, the easiest place is petakovmedia.com, and that's spelled okay. P-E-T-A-K-O-V, media.com. It's got links to everything from Facebook to YouTube to Instagram, uh, links to projects, links to the Kickstarter for Chasing Legends to uh, On the Trail of Champ, anything you want. It's all in there. That's the easiest single place to get it. Very cool. Very also, cool. and I can talk about that thing if you want oh! <laughs> Okay, that's our screen cap. Um, do it now. We have like three minutes now. Now, quick. Sure. Absolutely. So um, at the end of the month here in June into July, we're going to start filming on On the Trail of Bigfoot 2. So this is the continuation of Small Town Monsters on the Trail of Bigfoot. This is going to be um, sort of a a feature documentary, but it's going to focus on the Northeast. So we're going to start in Whitehall, New York, and we're going to be in Massachusetts slash Maine and kind of filming in those areas, talking yeah, to but, Bigfoot researchers, oh, all sorts of stuff. I'm not going to go into too specifics, but um, the crew will be Seth, myself, um, Mark Matsky, Andy mm-hmm. Matsky, as well as Adam of Small Town Monsters. Yes. So it's going to be a pretty skeleton crew compared to the usual sort of crew that that's is fine. on there. But yeah. that's the whole thing with On the Trail of. It's oh, much man. more of like a run and gun style. So we're really excited. I'm super excited to get out to some of these locations like Whitehall. So Holland. exciting back into Maine. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Oh, guys, Maine. My goodness. Yeah. Where in that's mass though? Uh, so we're just going to okay. be if, interviewing some folks. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. All we're going right. to be interviewing right. some folks um, in Massachusetts. I'll, okay. Yeah. So we're not going to spend too much time in Massachusetts, but it's going to be definitely okay. part of the film. Yeah. Oh man. That is so cool. Uh, wow. So <laughs> Northeast section of the U S yes. all the Bigfoot encounters and goodness of there. We're giving I'm it excited. some love, yeah. especially oh, Maine, man. which doesn't get covered as much. Whitehall no, people might doesn't. know about, but we're going to cover it all. And we're just hoping to uh, really show people, you know, just the natural beauty of these areas too, because it's yeah. ridiculous. Oh my goodness. That is such, such a cool thing that you could, uh, you could share with the uh, listeners here. Thank you uh, for Alex, Of course. For yeah. That. The text That's came awesome. in and I'm like, yes, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> I almost said something by by accident halfway through because <laughs> Seth hadn't given the go ahead by text. So thank you, Seth, because I know that you uh, listen to Bigfoot Society, right? But <laughs> um, I love Seth. He's a, he's a good dude. He's a good Absolutely. dude. A good chat in the past. But um, again, I would love to have you back on in the future. Sure, uh, we can kind of have a wrap up of Chasing Legends. Yeah, and that'd also be great. On the trail of Bigfoot too. But hats off to you, sir. You are doing some great work. Uh, maybe it. I can see it at the Van Meter Visitor Festival if you if you guys come. I don't know. I, would, I, I think they, I know he goes. I, I will try yeah. my best. I don't know when that is, but 
um, September or in the fall? Yeah, it's around September. I, I've been there for the last, it's like 20 minutes from where I live. So I'll be there. Oh, nice. But, yeah. yeah. I would love probably, to. If, I, yeah. if not vicariously, I will be there. For oh, sure. yeah. Totally. Jay Pachochi was there last year too from Wisconsin. And uh, Linda Godfrey, every year it gets awesome. a little bit bigger. So it's a good time. But again, we'll chat uh, later. Have a good one, Alex. Thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks one. for having me, man. Have a good night. Well, as you heard right there, that was one of my favorite interviews with Alex Petikoff from Petikoff Media, uh, also now Chasing Legends. Man, I am pumped that Alex is going to be on uh, The Trail of Bigfoot Season 2. Um, this is fantastic, and, and especially that it's uh, happening in New England, too. That's a great time. Remember, uh, head over to at Bigfoot Society uh, Instagram account if you're not following us there. Go ahead and... Um, Kind of join join the society, uh, patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society to get a lot of extra awesome content. All right, we'll see you next uh, week, guys, for another great interview.